You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello everyone, welcome to the Non-League Treatment Room and I'm absolutely buzzing that this is our first episode of the Non-League Podcast and I'm delighted that Lee Davis, my co-host, is alongside me. Hello Lee, how are you? Very good mate, are you? I'm very well, thank you. So how did it feel when I text you saying, would you come on a podcast and be my co-host? That's what I want to know. I didn't expect it. But obviously, as we know, or as you know, um, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but everybody that knows me knows that I can ramble on. I'm not shy to ask a question, so... That's why I got you on. Absolutely. So, mate, absolutely buzzing, and I can't thank you enough. I know this is only the first episode, but my missus will tell you, everybody will tell you that knows me that I've just rambled on about it Well, my missus has been the same as well. She's fed up with me talking about technology (laughs) and what to buy and to spend my money on. So she's probably fed up. Um, what I'm going to go on is to the following that we've had as well. How well has the following been on Instagram and Twitter? I mean, I can't believe how amazing the following's been and the messages that I've had. So first and foremost, I want to thank people because ever since I uploaded it onto my Instagram, onto my Facebook, um, it's absolutely blew up. And we went from zero to over 100 followers in a matter of days. I've had people sharing it all over the place um so it, it's been unreal how quick it's uh, flew out and like before that obviously we haven't even started yet so i know it's been mad again i've had messages from all sorts of people saying that they can't wait so hopefully we don't disappoint and we uh and we have a good one and that's why today we started with two brilliant people and i'm delighted that they've agreed to do this and they're two people who are very close to me and also to lee and we've had the privilege of spending uh, two or three seasons with them in their football journey. Um, they've had experience managing at Leicester City Academy um, and coaching professionals that are still in the game today and also into non-league where they've had uh, unbelievable experience in non-league clubs before landing the Aberdeen Town job in March 2020 and going on to win the Midlands Premier Division 1 uh, Step 6 and uh, putting Aberdeen Town into Step 5 of uh, non-league football which is an absolutely unbelievable achievement and also reaching the FA Vars quarter-final which we will go on to um, a bit 
later on. But first, welcome Adam Davis and Ross Innes. Pleasure to be here, gents. Thank you very much for having us both. Gentlemen, thanks for having us. Absolutely echo what Lee just said. Absolutely buzzing for this. Cannot wait. Cookie, what an idea. Um, I think I stated it earlier. There's not many people listen to TV now. It's all about podcasts. So what a great idea to be involved in. So well done, yeah. fellas. Was that introduction okay? Was that, uh, was that all right? Was that... <laughs> first one. For your first <laughs> one. Josh, I think you're well in there. A wonderful place to start. A wonderful place to start. And actually, a good uh, idea to give people a bit of an introduction as to how this has come about and where the idea first started. So, yeah, a great place oh, to yeah, start. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the idea, I had this idea about a year ago um, and kept telling myself, I'm not going to do it or I don't, I'm not going to do it, I might do it. But then I thought, I'm just going to go for it because why not? And the support and messages I've had have been brilliant. And obviously, people want, stuff, want yeah. to hear stuff like this, which mm. is, again, Absolutely. There's a market for it, for sure. I yeah. think so at this level as well. At this level of football, there's not, well, obviously with the name non-league, there's not many podcasts around that target this sort of area. So kudos to you, Cookie. That's what I say. No, yeah. no, we're in this journey together. So we're going to obviously talk a lot about Aveston Town and, and the amazing career that you've had at Aveston and where you've brought the club to. Um, obviously, we've all worked together. Obviously, you two were joint managers. I was a physio for you guys. And Lee was the goalkeeping coach and coach for the first team. Um, but now the dust has settled and you are now ex-Aveston Town managers. <sighs> yeah. It's a real thing now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> How does it feel to to you both? Um, I, I think initially, and, and this might be a, a strange thing to to say, we'd, we'd had the conversation for a period of time up until the end of the season. So at the outset, it's been a little bit of relief. Um, not to come away from non-league management as such, but because... We've now not got to chase after people, not got to start having the conversations, driving up and down the M42, speaking to players. And actually, we can look from the outside um, in and look at people doing that currently. So there was a little bit of relief at the outset. Um, at the same time, we've just had presentation night and that was tough mm. because yep. you, you, you realise what you're coming away from, the people that you're coming away from and the emotion that's been stirred in and around the community over the last couple of years. Um, so speaking for myself before I hand over to Ross, 100% initial, oof, we've not got all that hard work to do. And then actually we've come away from something quite special. So yeah. Just, you, just before Ross says his part though, one thing that you said that caught me was at the very end of your speech, Adam, where you said, um, obviously we're going away for now, mm. but it, Basically, it's not the end of the story here. So, yeah, no, I think we've had this conversation, Lee. Uh, me and Adam, it's very much not a goodbye. It's a more of a see you soon kind yeah. of situation. I think we've come away from it. Obviously, circumstances have obviously put that in place, and we'll I'm sure we'll talk about it later on in the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but it's for me, Saturday presentation was the most difficult day I've had since coming away from it. I just, again, echo what Adam said. It's not until you're around the lads and the group that we, we had on the evening is what we've created and what we've brought into the club. And again, you look at the hours and the dedication. This goes for any manager in non-league. Sometimes it's a thankless task, but when you put in the hours to get those lads into a club and then be successful, there's no better feeling than that. Mm. And, and I'm a little bit different to Adam. 
I felt very lost in terms of the day-to-day contact that me and Adam have had for three years, mm. like seven days a week, Christmas Day, birthdays, girlfriend's birthdays, you name it, we're on the phone going, X, Y, and Z have, um, have put seven days in. Can we go in for this player? We've got training tonight. We need to pick a team for Boxing Day. It is constant, but I would have it back in a heartbeat. Mm. Mm. But it's not even that as well, because we all know as well, Saturdays, it started from nine o'clock oh in the morning. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, by Saturday, choice, by the way. By choice. Saturday, Saturday breakfast <clears throat> club, coffee, breakfast, and it's a full day of yeah. of us being together. And I think that's yeah. why we are all so close as well. Yeah. And I think there's a, a, a good bond and a good brothership there that yeah. we'll all, you know, come again in four years' time that I'm sure if Absolutely. the band will come back together yeah, for sure. in a heartbeat. Um, obviously your situation is different Ross yeah. in terms of you're leaving the football club because you're going into a new adventure with your partner yeah. um, out to Dubai which we wish you all the best on thank you mate um, so obviously it must be a bit more tough in that sort of sense that it's a great what you're going on to but you're leaving the club as well yeah so as difficult it is I'm, I'm completely coming away from it and, and I think that's going to be very difficult obviously Adam's still going to be heavily involved I'm sure in non-league whether that's watching games or helping different contacts that we've made over the time to go and watch games and do match reports X, Y and Z but for me yeah, I'm completely coming away from it which is going to be really difficult make no mistake I'll be, I'll be looking in from afar and if I ever I'm in the UK I'll be coming back to this club because me and Adam have always said it, it holds a special place in our hearts. So any time that I am here, I'm just looking out the window now at the old kind of ground, the non-league ground, it's like just mm. historic. But yeah, I'll be coming back for sure. I was going to say, it's probably worth saying we are currently sat yeah. at yeah, Aberston Town as well. So. I was yeah. literally going to mention that and say we are sat in the Aberston Town Clubhouse, which thank you to Nick Corbett, Dave Turner and Aberston for letting us to use the clubhouse. It's obviously massively appreciated and helping support me and and, and Lee in our, in our journey to creating a non-league podcast and giving us a base to start from is is massive yeah. and we can't thank them enough, so appreciate that. I think for the listeners as well that can't see the visuals or that have never been in Atherston Town Clubhouse, we were just saying, weren't we, Ross, before we started the podcast, unreal scenes, unreal settings, memorabilia everywhere, photos everywhere. I think it is a great place to do a podcast. Is. This is the This, for me... This is non-league. Yeah, like, I agree. We, we, we've all been to non-league grounds where it's kind of reformed. And Worcester Raiders is a perfect example of that. It's like a new build kind of uh, ground. But this is stripped back, 1960s, 1970s, just an incredible place to be. Mm. It is. And, and you won't find many clubs as historic as this club. And I think that's why it's been very special to me and Adam, because... What it had in the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s was a massive fan base and that's the luxury we've had as a collective management group to kind of be around and yeah, it's phenomenal place lads, it is. Yeah, definitely. I do want to touch on that. You mentioned, both you mentioned about volunteers and fans and mm. um, obviously Aveson has a massively strong community focus, the fans are massive, a part of the club. How important was it as you two as managers to make sure that wasn't forgotten and that that was always sort of the forefront of the club in terms of the players understood it and knew about it. Um, and it was always at the sort of the centre of attention how much the volunteers and the fans massively um, cheer on the lads each week and 
go above and beyond in, mm. in, in, in a way. Absolutely. I think from a voluntary perspective, it, it's really easy to put it at the forefront of players' mind because they are everywhere at absolutely everything that you do. So we've had volunteers in and around training sessions. We've had volunteers down here in the summer um, painting, people looking after the pitch, people out in the town trying to drum up sponsorship. So it's at the forefront of absolutely everything you do. And therefore, it's really easy to hold that up to the lads and say, look at the work that everyone's doing from the outset. And that's probably the same in absolutely every single non-league club, by the way. Um, there's always a group of people that are willing to go above and beyond. So as a management team, you then just use that to your advantage to say, look at what people are doing in order for you to be here. Um, and, that, and that can obviously be used to your advantage. It's something that others can attach themselves to emotionally. Um, but it's really easy to do at Atherston because there is so many people that are, are going out of their way to make sure that there's a club here first and foremost, but that it's a good place to be as well. Yeah, I'll ju I'm just laughing at m what we've always said. Like the fan base here is huge. Anybody that knows massive. this club is massive. <laughs> Martin and Adam's unique selling point when we go for any player is exactly that. It's the fans. Like you could offer players all the money in the world. You could have the biggest budget in the leagues or whatever it looks like. But when you're playing in front of three, four, five hundred, and, and, and let's get it right, FA Vars games, you're talking six, seven, eight into a thousand. These lads don't get that anywhere else at this level of football. No. And that's always been our pull for players. Mm. Um, and we've been fortunate enough to bring some really good players in just off the back of that, haven't we? Yeah, there's probably, there's a couple of giants, isn't there? There's this, there's, there's your Worcesters. Yeah. And um, you various other places that have had that huge following. So it is a, a good USP, so to speak. Mm. Um, I want to rewind a little bit, if that's okay. And just obviously, me and Cookie know a lot about you two anyway and where we've been and what you've done, but just for the listeners. So, Adam, I'll start with you. Talk to me. From what I know, I might be completely wrong here. But from, <laughs> That'd be worrying. Yeah. <laughs> but you as a coach and as a manager, talk to me about University of Buxton. For, for me, that's where... You got your first sort of gig, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So talk well, to us about that. What was that like? Yeah, I suppose yes and no, because I was doing a little bit with Ross anyway from, from when I left school. But yeah, University of Buxton is where I got a first man management job. So I was the first team manager of, of Derby Uni um, in the Buxton campus. And that was people that you are your age, you're in and around them every single day, so you're friends. But then when it comes to Wednesday, you've got a serious football team to manage. And, and university football, and there's plenty of lads on the non-league circuit that are involved in it, is serious. Yeah. It's a serious business. Um, and yeah, that, that was where I got my first ground in, in what it was like to manage people as opposed to just coaching them. Because I'd done plenty of coaching in and around different places. Um, and that's where I got the taste for it and the bug yeah. for it more than anything else. Uh, at 18, 19 years of age. So it was an early start too. So you say it was a serious thing. How many days a week were you training when you were at, was it a, a lot of days or? So you, you play on a Wednesday. So you train either side of it. So whether that was a Monday or then a Thursday, um, the day after a game, um, you try and get the lads in and do something. And obviously it was, it was a little bit easier because you've got the campus and the place to do it. But yeah, you, you'd have the lads in probably normally one time, a week outside of a game but then um, if you're doing well two times and that'd be Monday and Thursday and playing your games on a Wednesday and a lot of the lads played in the local area on a Saturday then as well mm. so they'd, they'd join the local club a lot of lads play for Buxton Town 
um, which was like you, you've got Buxton, mm. which which played, step. obviously I think they're step four, step four, step four, four now. But then you have Buxton Town, which was like I suppose the equivalent of mm. of what Atherston is. Right. And what about you, Ross? Where did it all start for you? Uh, in terms of non-league, just in terms of coaching, in coaching. Um, so going really far back. I worked for a company called Boots and Laces under the guidance of Sam Turpey and Jace Farnden. Um, and that was just coaching in schools. And that kind of really did give me the pathway to then develop as a coach. Um, they, they were tailored in a program with Birmingham City um, Academy where we were like a development club for them. So that kind of escalated my kind of uh, coaching ability then to be coaching more elite players. Um, and then I guess in terms of non-league... Nuneet and Griff was my first kind of opportunity under John Farmer. Um, John Farmer was the, the manager um, there at the time, and we were currently step six, obviously still there now. Um, standard was not bad, not, not as good as it is now, in my opinion. Obviously, there were some big sides in it. Um, but yeah, then it escalated to... Um, was, Averston, was Averston in that league? Averston was in that league, yeah. They, they were, to be fair, Cookie, I'm just going back to the teams that were in it. The, the, it was probably yeah, a good side, like Bromsgrove and all that sort of oh, clubs yeah. were in yeah, there, big yeah. Teams, what and Griff had zero budget, obviously similar to now. Um, but yeah, from then it went to me then going over to Hinkley to help my cousin Courtney um, as assistant manager. And then I kind of just then obviously went into this role with, with Adam. So what one thing I did pick up on is that you both spent time at Leicester City Academy is that, yeah. is that right so yeah. how, how did that come about so that, that was much earlier um, than like than the Neat and Griff and the non-league stuff so how that came about was um, we attended an FA Youth Award course together in Leicester so I was working for Ross's coaching company at the time and we attended this coaching course in Leicester because it's the only one that we could get to um, and it was under the Leicestershire FA, and at the end of the course, a chap came up to the two of us and said, I think you should come into Leicester City on a on a Wednesday night, which we thought was just a, a laugh and a joke at the time because there'd been no mention of, of anyone from Leicester City being there. Um, and, and the chap, we'll send this to him after, so we'll give him a mention and we'll be pleased with it. He, he lives over in Cyprus now, Hooky. Let's get them followers up, Adam. Let's yeah. get Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Hooky said to us, come over on uh, on a Wednesday and I want to introduce you to the club. And it literally went from there. So we started by going to watch games. We did a little bit of scouting in the local area. We set up a local coaching school for lads to come to as a pathway to Leicester. Yeah. And then we both got the academy gig a little bit later down the line where we were running a team each. Ross, a little bit higher up the age groups and me. I was operating at about under 11s, under 12s and doing individual development work as well. So th this is one thing that I've always wanted to talk to you about, Ross, but we've never really struck up this conversation. You did your UA for B really early, didn't you? Really early. Yeah, really early. So I was actually um, one of 10 of the youngest in the country at 21 years of age to get my B licence. Um, it was before the B licence really was pronounced. It was like to have a B licence, you had to be really associated in professional game. Um, I was just fortunate enough to be in and around people like, again, Jason Farnham and Sam Turpey that were able to kind of direct me to, to the FA and get me on that pathway. So, yeah, 
really, really early on, 21 years ago. So I'm just trying to do my maths. What's that? 17 years ago, which feels like a lifetime away. Well, you're 45 now, aren't you? So. <laughs> yeah, I feel 45 after doing it with you for three years. Yours was a little bit different as well, wasn't it, Ad? So you were, you actually had some quite famous names on yours, didn't you? On your UA for B. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did mine a little bit later down the line. Leicester actually supported me in mine. Um, and the likes of Jill Scott, who's Jill Scott MBE now, actually, wow. um, mm. was on my course. So, yeah. Down um, to earth? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And an unbelievable player as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was really nice to be around that sort of people and that calibre of person. When you were at the Leicester Academy, you actually coached some pretty big names who are in the professional game now, didn't you? Is that, is that right? Yeah, so I, I, for me, for my age group, obviously they're all coming into the scene now. Obviously Adams have got quite a lot of probably coming through now, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I feel like name dropping here, but it's... Yeah, do it. Do it. So do it. obviously I wouldn't say we had a massive input in their development. Obviously I was around them three or four times a week. So the bigger names that I've, I've coached, but not had a huge development mm-hmm. in them, people like Ben Chilwell, Hamza Chowdhury, Harvey Barnes, Kieran Dukesby Hall all lads that kind of I coached on day release, so when they were 16, 17 years of age. And then there's quite a few coming through now, people like Casey McAteer, who just signed a, a full-time five-year deal at Leicester, mm, Luke fair. Thomas. Um, and then there's a lot then gone out onto different clubs, people yeah. like Adam Leathers at Wickham, um, Johnson Gwimphy at Peterborough, Max Ram up in Inverness. There's, honestly, there's... Ben Starkey, local. Ben Starkey yeah. just signed at uh, Baseford. There's, there's so many but for, for me pleasing listen we all want to play at the highest level in elite football and play for in a Premier League but when you see so many of your young boys yeah. playing championship yeah. football like Jasper Moons at, at Barnsley coming yeah, alone yeah, at Burton yeah. last year all these sorts of players that they are playing football and, and money can't buy that mm. whatever level do you know what I mean so no extremely pr- proud um, and, and I've been fortunate enough to do it yeah Superb. No, brilliant stuff. That is. That's uh, definitely experience that you were going to hold of you oh, for going right. forward, yeah. and obviously must be pleasing when you see the top the players that you've. I know you say you didn't have a massive impact, but you, I'm sure you would have definitely had an impact that you see them playing at the big stage. That must fill yeah. you. Well, I'll, I'll speak for Ross. There, people still thank him now. He, yeah. he was part of a massive coaching team at Leicester that that obviously have been quite successful in bringing people through but it is pleasing when we sat we were sat in a car on a Saturday afternoon together and lads are messaging saying either see what you're doing at Atherston and it's superb or thank you for supporting yeah. me way back when which is nice <clears throat> mm. yeah that's that's really that's it's really that's special that is um so obviously we did mention that you've been around a non-league as well yeah. but then you actually did a coaching spell at Atherston mm before you landed the Aberston Town job and that was with Ivor Green. Talk to me about that experience because I was, I was at the club actually as physio and I remember Ivor saying, I'm bringing in two, two lads who have got UEFA B licences, you know, they've been, they've been here, they've done this. So it's really going to try and change the club in terms of how the lads are coached and a tactical yeah. way. But then it didn't quite work out in terms of you didn't stay for massively long but talk about the experience yeah. and how that come about as well actually how that conversation happened yeah so the, there's a bit we skipped out I suppose in the sense that we worked at Nuneaton Griff with Courtney Balford who's now at Hinkley um, and we did our time at Nuneaton Griff we did two years there if I remember rightly um, and, and served our time starting to understand the step in the league and then Ivor met the two of us and said look I'm looking to 
try and step things up in terms of the training and the coaching and, and Addiston had always been in around uh, your top four, your top five. And he said, well, you come in. Um, and to us, Ivor is someone that has followed a very similar to route to us, not in the sense of being around academies, but has always been around local football. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's someone that absolutely everybody knows and respects. You, you, you go a long way to find someone who doesn't know and respect either um, for what he's done in local football. So he sat down with us and he said, look, I'm just a Sunday league manager, which is his line. Yeah, um, he, he, well, he had all of us, didn't he, at Ridgeline? Yeah, he's, he, he still says that to this day. And yeah. he's, he's a lot more than that. But he said, um, can you come in? Can you do some coaching? Um, and to us, obviously, going from Nuneaton Griff, which is like you step into non-league, to Atherston, which is a giant, we absolutely snapped his hand off and said, yeah. Um, so we did full pre-season. And then I think, it, I can't remember what point it was into the season, but Ivor just came away. Um, I think yeah. it was after a, I think it was after a defeat. It was after the Cabri game. We got, we got beat by Cabri. Um, I can recall it we all sat in the dugout afterwards mm. and, and, and we spoke about where to go next but I don't know if there was a run of games up until that point but I know the Cabri game was kind of the pinnacle one where he said I think my time's up chaps yeah. um, and credit, I recall, credit, to, credit to him though he didn't say time's up in terms of Atherston but in, he'd lost a little bit of yeah, yeah absolutely and, and I think the following week he went away and had his, his holiday and he just came back and said I've absolutely made the right decision yeah. and I think that's when I believe I came away with Ivor yeah. off the back of that and then you was asked to stay around and support that with Obi yeah, at Joe the time yeah, yeah. Um, what a guy yeah. oh yeah I'm sure we'll guy. get on to Joe Obi earlier um, but just going back to, to Ivor one thing that we, me and Adam have always took from, in my opinion, what we've took from Ivor is Ivor would do all the groundwork very similar to what we do now. And I think we've, we've incorporated that, that in, from Ivor. So mm. for, for an example, Ivor would come and knock your door. If you wanted Jay, come yeah. to your house. Yeah. And he'd sit in your living room and have a cup of tea and he wouldn't leave until he got the right answer. Yeah. That's the sort of bloke <laughs> he was. But that's why he's so successful. And honestly, I, I believe that's why we do what we do now yeah, it is, yeah. because it's the right way to go about people. Mm. Like we'll travel down the M42 and sit in a pub and get a person over the line or a player over the line mm. or we'd go and knock their parents' door, whatever it looked like. So we, yeah, we've got that to thank for either. Yeah. And, and again, I'm just going to echo that. What a man. Yeah. Like in terms of non-league football and, and here, by the way, what a man. Gen genuinely gentleman. does care about all of his signings yeah. like he's not one of them geezers that will come and knock on your door, or door just for no reason like he, he genuinely does give a fuck oh, yeah. doesn't he like he yeah. cares yeah. so it's if he's knocking your door Lee there's a reason why he's knocking your Absolutely. door like he's not he's not just knocking your door to make his numbers up he wants you yeah mm. and by the way we've been rivals this year like Addison Litchfield thing but you've got to hold your hands up to when you're learning something from people and I think even in that short period of time, we, we learned plenty about yeah. how to go about managing people. Yeah, yeah. sure. So did you just feel like it was the right time to just go, I was left as well, I'm going to step back as well, just because a bit of respect that, because I yeah. brought you in, you're going to yeah. leave as well. It was him. very much that cookie. It was that, that was a conversation I had, and, and it was very much that, obviously, he, he, brought, he brought us into the club. He, he, he would be round my house quite regularly on a Saturday morning trying to get me in before me and Adam had that conversation with him originally. As soon as he left, for me, it was just the felt it was the right thing for me to do. Um, I stepped back and obviously he brought me in, so I needed to go with him. So what was what was your next journey after that, Ross? Was that to Hinkley? Yeah, so that's when I, I kind of had a couple of weeks off, if I recall it. Um, and then Courtney reached out um, 
and just had an opportunity there to go in and be like an assistant manager coach and just kind of deliver there. And at the time, obviously, again, Hinkley's a huge club in massive. terms of fan base. It's like, it's it's massive. So there's no kind of step back. Um, but yeah, went Hinkley, really, really enjoyed it. Again, family and community-wise, unbelievable. Mm. Um, so yeah, I went I went back to Hinkley. Um, I'm trying to think what we did that season, whether we were successful or not. I don't know if, they, if it just petered out. I can't I, recall it. I, I in fact, I recall that. Adam playing in a game for the Griff. Where yeah. was that, Adam? Because um, you, you've tried to hook one off the line and it's gone in. Can you remember that bit? Actually, I will recall the exact moment because it was one of our players. So I, I lunged into a silly tackle on Dimmy Dunkley yeah. uh, on the halfway line and Danny Harris has swung a free kick in. Someone's hooked it. I've watched it roll into the net thinking that was going to go past the post. So everyone was giving it the, you're doing yeah, your mate a favour. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a sad day for me. So, so when was the, uh, was it, who was it that you scored against Adam? Was it Westfield or Highgate down here? Brooksy had it on video. Highgate. Yeah, I can't remember. Was Highgate. it Highgate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highgate. Hi, I remember yeah. that one. Absolute yeah. shank, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't everything. Yeah. If it weren't down the line, who knows where it went. I was thinking, I was watching it, I was thinking, why is Adam Davis running through one-on-one with a goalkeeper? Central attacking midfield, showing you how to do it. I still live off that to this day. And you do, because I was in Dominican at the time with Jody, and I remember it coming through about 3am in the morning. I'm thinking, am I dreaming this, that you've just put cool one into the yeah. bottom corner? It wouldn't have been hard either. And Absolutely. by the way, it was about three mile an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a paper foot. Accurate though. So just, just to wrap that up then, just that point that we were making, that experience that you gained from being under... Ivor, Courtney, uh, and having your little stint at the Neaton Griff. Do you think that that put you in a good position then when you came back to Atherston? I, I think so, because it's a much different game to like the academy professional football setup. You are there, you're dealing with people that obviously want to be there first and foremost, and they're chasing something bigger yeah. than what they're currently doing. So they're looking to, profession, uh, looking to progress into the professional game. Whereas... In non-league, you are dealing with people you could well be having a drink with on a Saturday afternoon in a pub or seeing in a nightclub on a Saturday night um, or working with during the day. Mm. So just that indoctrination into what true non-league is was during that short period of time, yeah. You know what I think I took away from it? The expectation, you know, like when you're being around bigger clubs and you was at Nuneaton at the time, Adam, Nuneaton Borough, and I was at Hinkley, they've all got big fan bases. The expectations of coming in when you're a manager you have to deliver. You're not a coach anymore. No. You have to come in and deliver. And I think having that grounding of being around fans weekly, you knew what you was coming into and you knew what you needed to do to achieve yeah, that. Yeah, work-wise, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when you came back to Aviston, mm-hmm. it was under, was, was Brian Henney the chairman? He was he was outgoing and, and Nick and Corbett was, coming was just in. taking over at the because, time. Yeah, because I think when I did a bit of research, it was... You joined March 2020. Mm, yeah. That's when you got offered the job. Yeah. And you took it. And then I think it was like the May, Nick Corbett come in as yeah. chairman. Yeah. So did you ever have any dealings with Brian? Brian was involved in the quarterfinal game. So our first yeah, was, game yeah. was a quarterfinal of the FAVRs against concert here. Huge. Massive. Massive. Yeah. We walked into this into this club and there was I think there was 1,800. 1800 I don't want to know. Yeah. So Brian was involved then. Um and well, then obviously the, the, the season kind of, we finished the season off the back of that. 
Um, but then obviously Nick came in and then we had a full kind of... What did you think of Brian? Because I was here when Brian was here and what, I mean, he made me laugh. All, all I remember is when we played Stockton away and we won 1-0, right? And he was loving it. He was absolutely loving it. He was very involved in the club. He loved the club. He, yeah. made, he actually sort of got the the lease, I think, to extend the stay mm. of Aberston yeah. at Sheepy Road. Or, yeah. um, But I remember him, we were obviously chanting in the service stations, going mad about beating Stockton and Ben Ashby going mad. And that's when Joe Obi scored yes. the winning, yeah. the winning the goal. Yeah. goal. The diamond header. Yeah. Um, I just remember us in the service station and Brian's there videoing it, absolutely living his best life. And I thought... <laughs> This is this is this is something different. This is non-league football, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I, I, that. I think he was just um, he was what I imagine a lot of non-league chairmen to be, which is heavily involved. I think we were really fortunate under Nick. Nick, to his credit, allows you to get on with it. I think Brian was just one of those people that was involved in everything, um, and that I suppose is what separates this level of football to the higher yeah. levels where people are completely separated. So. You know what? To his credit, he was always great with us um, for the short period we were here. We didn't have much dealings with him at all no, before, no. He was, before he was gone, but I know that he was he was involved a lot, yeah. Well, well like you said, such different personalities in terms yeah. of Brian mm. and Nick. Nick come in and he, like you sort of touched on, he sort of gave you the free reins to do what you yeah, needed yeah. to do. Yeah. So when he, when he came in, did he set any expectations with you and sort of sat you down and gone, this is what I want from you this season? Um, I expect promotion or I expect this, I expect that. Um, just being from like the presentation just gone, obviously yeah. he, he likes he likes to stay under the radar. Yeah. Step, takes a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is absolutely fine. Yeah, and he's done a fantastic job in terms of making the club a you know, su- su- uh, success as well as, as you two. Um, but yeah, how was that conversation I with him? For me, Cookie, I think the, the expectations was set by me and Adam. And that was the objective at the start of the year. I, Nick didn't set us anything, set us no agenda at all. And actually, in hindsight, that's probably why we were successful because we was allowed to do our own thing and was able to deliver. Um, so yeah, there was never any expectations of you needed to win the league or you needed to get in the top four, whatever it looked like. It was just an opportunity to come in. And by the way, and I'm sure Adam will touch on it, we went through an era of that pandemic, didn't we? That's, so that was my next point. Yeah, like the, the seasons yeah. were like topsy turvy. So there was never any like kind of this is how it's going to pan out this mm. season. By Christmas, we want you here. By the end of the year, we want you here. It was never like that because mm. the season was just dismantled. But it was void, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a void season. It was yeah. unbelievable. Unbelie- yeah, that, that was a weird time. How, how did you find that then? Well, so when when obviously you first came in, you had your conversations with Nick. Then the pandemic comes. Things like signing players, you know, and all sorts. It must have been so hard. Obviously, we're stood on the outside. We're just there to do what you tell us to do. But as the managers, how hard was that in the pandemic? Um, It's weird to describe because it's unprecedented. What do you compare that to? But it it was a time where if I try and take the positives from it, because obviously it was an incredibly tough time for everybody. If I take the positives... We learnt loads about how to deal with people away from the training ground and away from match day. So we were talking to lads. We were setting things up. um, We were talking to people most nights to say, what do you need? How are you getting on? How are you ticking over? And at the start, it was about football and fitness because we were all assuming that things were going to come back 
really quickly and you mm. were going to get straight back involved in football um, over time it became about people's like well-being so we were setting up running challenges that everyone yeah. was involved in and it became a thing of who's going out doing the bit um, and actually as you crept towards that end period of time we were doing calls with players over Zoom yeah, like yeah. trying to sign people <laughs> over were, Zoom yeah. I look back and I laugh about that now because it was like a business call but still that, that they were the kind of things that you were just trying to trying to find a way in a really difficult period. At the same time, that drew us really close to the fans because we were, yeah. get, we were speaking to fans at the same yeah, time. We yeah. People who might have been struggling for various different reasons. Mm. Um, and obviously, Addison's a big thing for them. So we were speaking to them, whether that was on the phone or through text or over Zoom. Um, so yeah, a, an incredibly difficult period. But one, this sounds weird to say, but I wouldn't change because it brought us really close to people. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think that Obviously, because I was involved that season, that was my first season coming in. Yeah, you kept the lads so busy mm. in, in such a tough time. So shout out to Jack Roxby, you got him on the Invictus straight away. Yeah, yeah. Little things like that, I think, that were massive and got the group collectively together, didn't it? Mm. I think it was a huge part of it. Yeah, oh yeah. And and you realise how much you miss it actually during something like that when it's taken away from I think you. What helped us in that ad was our backgrounds in terms of like our roles at work as well. You know, a lot of mental health and pastoral work. And yeah. So we, obviously with what, everything that was going on, obviously we've all seen it, like the mental health decline there was, but we just seen an opportunity to really engage these, these lads and, and families. And we did. I remember, can you remember all the quizzes that we used to set oh up as well? Oh my God, yeah. Remember them? The football yeah. quizzes. Yeah. Honestly, we spend hours doing a football quiz with the lads. Yeah. But you look back now and it was, it was, like Adam said, it was tough times for everybody. If you if you spin that into a positive, we had some real good times there where we really looked after our own. Yeah, and they looked after us as they well. Did. Gave us something they to, did. to concentrate on, which was nice. Yeah, I, I mean, touching on the pandemic, because I wasn't here during that. I was actually mm. at Litchfield with Ivor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I actually found it really difficult and it actually made me fall out of love with football. Mm. Um, I had a, my first child during COVID, so that was obviously difficult. I had time away for that. But then getting back into it and it was a stop, start, stop, start, it just killed me in really? terms of football. And it's, it, it made me go, you know what, I'd, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I just, it really turned me off the fact of being involved in football. But then mm. it, was in, it, was, it was then, obviously, we're going to go on to now the sort of, the, the sort of second season when it all sort of come back also, to sort of, sort of normality yeah. as, as such. And that's when I joined back with you two. Yeah. Um, but even then, I was sort of a bit of resisting it and going, I don't want to do that. Or I remember he texted me going, oh, can you come down and just help out and uh, just treat a few of the lads? And I'll be like, yeah, all right. And then you'd be like, oh, are you going to join? Can you come in? Can you come in? Can you come in? <laughs> the, the thing is, Classic. though, Cookie, you, like, no pun intended here, but your job at any football club when you are employed is literally hands-on. Yeah, look isn't after it? people. Well, yeah. yeah. That's it. So it, it, I, I can imagine that it was hard, mate. I really can. Because then, I'll be going home and going, oh, the missus be going, they're, they're trying to get you back, are they? And then I was like, nah, nah, it's fine. I'm not going to go back. <laughs> you liar. Yes, we were. Cookies. <laughs> Cooks, it's a fine art what we were doing to you over that period of time. We're just unpicking you and going, you know what, we're going to get you. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, come, come back in. The lads need a few more bits. And I'm like, oh, I was only down the road. And, and I was like, oh, no, it's gonna, I know what's going to happen here. And yeah. the missus could see it from a mile off as well. <laughs> and I was like, but you know what? I'm glad you did because oh, yeah. it made me fall back in love with football again. Yeah. And then I think 
if I hadn't have done it, I would have regretted it well, massively. It's, it's, it's a it's something that I hope that other people in non-league look back on now at a time in which they might be questioning because you do have periods during the season where you go, what am I doing this for? Mm. I would invite anyone to look back at that time where you didn't have it yeah, yeah. and remind yourself of, of how important this yeah. kind of thing is to you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm saying that and we're stepping away, which sounds contradictory, <laughs> but still. Yeah. Because one thing I was going to go on is sort of how important is having the right staff around you? Huge. Um, <clears throat> in terms of getting the success, um, the success that you need, because you mention a lot as well, and you, you always say, you know, um, it's not just me and Ross, it's it's the staff around Tools, yeah. Geordie, yeah, Lee, yeah. myself, yeah. who we all sort of, we had that massive sort of connection. And oh, that. the bond was incredible. Dream team, mate. Yeah. Wasn't it? And any, anyone, who's done, anyone who's done well, have a look at what's around them. Uh, and and I, I use that term purposefully, not behind them, but around them. Um, we had, we made a decision that we wanted to really try and implement a level of professionalism, mm. whether that was with what Geordie does with the kit um, and laying everything out for the lads and have them walk into something that feels professional to yourself coming in, Cookie, to being prepared with you, Lee, to having proper coaching sessions with tools, which allowed me and Ross, as people who have always been coaches, to step back. Yeah. Now, you've got to build a level of trust and rapport with those people to be able to hand off some of that stuff because mm. ultimately, as yeah. managers, it's your head on the chopping board if it doesn't yeah, go well. Absolutely. Um, so we made a conscious decision. Who around us is complementary and better than us at what they do, which will allow us to step back and look at the game for what it is, um, uh, and make decisions when you're not completely involved in everything like we were before mm. when we first took over. It was too much, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. We are trying to do too much and st- stupidly thinking that we could. We could, yeah. Um, so I think that's so hard in the local area because you, you normally turn into your pals or just people that you know. Um, but I would say if I was embarking on this journey again with the knowledge that I know now, the first thing I would do is go and look left and look right and see who you can bring in who you really trust. Yeah, no, that's massive. And the times we had as well, absolutely. People will never understand, will they? The car journeys, uh, travelling to uh, away games. Travelling to Stone about four million times. <laughs> yeah. oh. I think they will understand because I think that is a commonality everyone shares in non-league. The group that yeah. you've got around you is what makes it for you. And that's why everyone yeah. does it for the most part. Some of them coach journeys, though, I couldn't... It could be absolutely. Un- uncensoredly, we'd be, we'd be really careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, like, all the lads would make it special as well. You'd have the lads at the back playing cards. I won't mention any names because I don't want to get me in trouble with the birds. <laughs> but you'd have the lads at the back playing cards. After the game, the speaker would be on, initiations, one that I cannot ever get out of my head. Nathan Astill's Nathan initiation. Astill. Brilliant. Absolutely. First class. Unreal. <laughs> and what a lad, by what the way. What did he think? It was Oasis. Like Oasis. Oasis, yeah. Come up from the, bo- the toilet, come up the stairs. Sunglasses. Sunglasses. Book it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was good that. You know what my memory is of the journeys? When Krogler opens up his bacon and cheese, <laughs> whatever it is, wrap, and he just stink the bus out. <laughs> just, to, just, to, just. He's been the co-op for. And for anyone who times. doesn't know, yeah, Krogler yeah, is cookie, by the way. Krogler's cookie. Why cookie? Why Krogler? Can you remember? All I remember is we played a team called Cradley Town, <laughs> and I can't. I think it was you, Lee. You, I me, think, and Nathan Haynes. I think someone yeah. said, "I'm going to get a Krogler batch yeah. or a Krogler burger." <laughs> after the game 
And then I was like, that was it. Oh, it was hooked on me. And I thought, what a brilliant saying that is. And then for that whole season, Cradley Town was known as... Crogley. <laughs> was known as Crog, Crogley Town. Or, Shout out Cradley, by the way. Which, yeah. yeah, no disrespect to Cradley Town. Brilliant, brilliant team. <laughs> lovely fans. But that's what you were known as, unfortunately. Yeah. And I used to correct people. I remember Dave Turner going, oh, we got Cradley. I was like, who? Yeah. Who? And he was like, oh, sorry, Krogler. <laughs> and I was like, it, 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 I don't know. It's just They're funny. the little nuances, the funny well, little I don't things, understand though. what stuck with you, Cookie. Oh, oh no, who knows? Oh, I think that was probably you, mate. Because yeah. you always well, said after the game, we're going to go and get a Krogler batch. It normally is But then, obviously, we had a, the FA Vars, which we'll touch on later. Yeah. Obviously, um, it was at Echoes Hill where I had a Krogler burger. Yeah, everything, <laughs> everything became a Krogler something then. Yeah. Silly now, because people will be listening to this going, what? What but are you laughing you, about? You, yeah. Everyone has got their own thing yeah. like, that they come up with, and, and that's why it's so funny, isn't it? You're yeah. around the lads, aren't you? Oh. That's, that's, the, that's the thing, you're around the lads, you've got a community of people, um, uh, and that's why it's so funny. And they're the little nuances that happen week by week. So, obviously, touching base on the management and the and the staff that you want to get around you then. Let's talk about that first proper season. Uh, COVID's not gone, but the league are allowing us to play. Building a team to win the league. Go on, Ross. How did that go about? So the, the team that actually won the league, obviously, I think we've missed a little bit there. So we, we then went back into another season, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Didn't and, we? And we were poor. And we were terrible. I think we played something like... 10 games and it was six was it we'd lost we were four. awful is that when it, then it, the season was and then it was just gone again oh, okay. so you literally missed two seasons because of COVID two breakdown seasons and then we're literally looking at each other thinking we've got to do all that again yeah. full circle which we, obviously we did it but it just allowed me and Adam to go you know what we need next year boom 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 yeah this is what we need and this is what we need to go out and get and it allowed us time to go and get it yeah. And, and we've had this conversation with many players the amount of conversations we've had on the phone mm. and, and you look back now and you, you just did it because you had all the time in the world you can go and get anybody yeah it was yeah so going back to that first season we knew exactly what we wanted um, and unfortunately at that time we had to make some real tough decisions I remember yeah. some of the decisions that we had to make where we had to move players on mm. I think is that because of the formation you played though because you played three at the back with wing backs and that, you stuck to that didn't you always well, yeah. Yeah. was but that, that was, also a that reason as well because of what you had personnel yeah. player I think I, th- I don't think and I'd be happy to be challenged I don't think at this level you can come in and say I play a 4-3-3 three, three, or I play a 3-5-2 because mm. you're not you've not got the luxury of having the same group of players every single week. So what we did is we looked at what we had been able to bring in and we said, what, how do we get the best out of this group of people? And that just so happened to be a 3-5-2. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Because of the way that people played, the physicality of them, yeah. um, it, it just suited us. So if, if me and Ross get back into it, you might well see us play something different, yeah. but it'll be on what we decide mm. to bring in. Mm. I, I think... When we talk about building a team, what we looked at was what's going to... Because it had been a successful team, Alistair. All right, I hadn't got promoted. Oh, that question. Yeah, the got players promoted, are incredible. But the, the players were incredibly good. They had good cup runs. They had good league runs and were always just pipped by someone who's gone through the yeah. levels then thereafter. Yeah. Mm. We, we said we need a little bit of a mixture of everything. So we felt that we had a really good footballing team, but could it... And like to quote a silly saying, could you go away to somewhere that's a bit of a dive on a Tuesday night and grind out a performance or bully your way through a performance or 
put it in the channel and turn people when you needed to. And I think at the time we felt no. Mm. So we had to find something that allowed us to have both aspects where we could out football people, especially at home. And then you go away and you try and grind something out. So we built our team based off that. Yeah. I mean, two of the signings that stick out for me massively on that formation that you played that epitomised a 3-5-2 was Perry and Callum. Yeah. yeah. Massive, weren't Huge. they? At step six. Huge. Absolutely massive. Yeah, step I think four, bringing... Step four for Callum now. Step three. Yeah, well, Perry at the time was in an Eaton Borough, wasn't yeah. he? He'd just gone to an Eaton Borough. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, didn't work out for yeah. him there. Um, we were fortunate enough to have that conversation and bring him back to the club. But you're dead rightly, I think Perry and Callum epitomised that formation. Huge, because... What they give us in energy and just quality just allowed our strikers and our midfield three just to go up the pitch and just score goals. I mean, Pez had such a wonder of a right foot. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. And could deliver a ball. And then Callum Carsley was oh, just Listen, an athletic oh, yeah. machine. Pre-season, mate. Yeah. It would just run down that well, left-hand side. There was a time side. I used to outrun him in pre-season, by the way. <laughs> <He> <laughs> was that was post-COVID. Well, post-COVID. I remember just looking at him and thinking, and he got his nickname, didn't he? The Oss. The Oss, yeah. Because he's just... He Gallops. was a machine, weren't he? If, in terms of athleticism, he should nowhere be near step six. That, that was a given. And that's our luxury, wasn't it? Yeah. In terms of Perry, tell me about a fullback than Perry Cotton, by the way. I can't, mate. Around this level of football. There aren't many, is there? No. No. I think there's probably one that was up against him at the time, and that was Josh Mansell. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, them two like, yeah. were the best in the league by yeah. a country mile. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But that sort of, that season... We went on to win 36 games, 30, sorry, 36 games played, 30 wins, five draws, and only one loss, mm-hmm. and winning the league by 17 points. Mm. You've got to be proud of that. That's, 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 some, that, that's some record, isn't it? Yeah. Look, we'll live long in the memory, and I suppose the stubbornness of the pair of us, we'll sit here and say, we should have won the league. Yeah, should have oh, won yeah. the league with what we had. Mm. With the team that we put together, with the fan base that Addison's got, all the resources and everything that comes with it, the pressure that me and Ross put on ourselves at the time was we should win the league. However, it is incredibly pleasing to maintain that level of consistency when in the past it had been easier not to. So I suppose in our experience, mm. that's where people had not got over the line whereby you lose a silly game on a Tuesday night yeah. or you lose a silly game that you shouldn't on a Saturday just through like having that same nasty mentality of we're going to go here and we're going to get three points, we're going to go here and we're going to get three points. And in the end, the lads looked after that for us. I they? think 20 games in the lads knew they were going to win the league. I mm. honestly do. They had the mindset of going, yeah. we won't lose this. Mm. If we keep, I agree. Obviously, we had that hiccup at, at Stape and Hill. And that was early game, though, weren't it, Ross? Really early on. That was on. early. But it, it was a strange result, that, because a couple of rash decisions. We've had this conversation with Udi already. Udi decided to go and play himself up front, and we ended up conceded two goals. <laughs> and yeah. they did have a good centre forward at the time, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they did. They did. handful. Yeah, he's like, very good. He's gone to Ashby. Yeah. I, and, and we made some um, decisions. We look back on now, and we go, why did we do that at the time? And like, Yeah, we were naive. Yeah, it mm. was a bit of naivety, but still, that consistency. Yeah, but Stapen was a tough place to go. Oh, mate. Oh yeah, Tuesday night, Stapenel, like yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a nice Get place to play. Get yourself over there, boys. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and that's you know, they obviously protect their home record and their home league. Yeah. But what um, they did really well, and I think what is 
the epitome of most teams that you come up against in the Midland League is you knew you were av- you were in a game. Mm. You go over there, you're in a game. Mm. You go somewhere else on a Tuesday night, you're in a game in the middle of Birmingham and you have to turn up right, otherwise you can't maintain that sort of, of form. The thing that stands out for me though is that for, was it the, I don't know if it was my first game of that season, I might have been away or the first game, was the Bilston game where we turned up oh, on yeah, an absolute cow field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was 5-1, wasn't five, it? 5-1, Quinny got a trick in that game. Tomo scored an unbelievable free yeah. kick. Yeah. Um, and I think that, personally me, um, on the coaching team of that year, I think, and you might disagree, we, we would play a poor game, but we'd still win. Mm. We, we, we wouldn't play too well, but we'd still end up winning games. I think we found that during the back end of the season, weren't it? That yeah. we knew, like you said, Ross, we yeah. knew that we sort of we were going to win the league. Yeah. Players might have stepped off it a little bit. Yeah. And sort of the games where you should have been, like the last game of the season yeah. it, at Dudley Town. I think the quality of yeah. Dudley Sports was. Was it Dudley Sports? Dudley yeah. Sports. They were brilliant towards us. They were still got oh, the banner yeah, here yeah, looking at the it. The banners here, yeah. but like, you know, no disrespect, they weren't an amazing team, but no. it made it difficult no, for ourselves to win. Yeah, yeah. They did. Um, but I think the quality shone through on that league. You know, like when you you were, I don't know, bang average in a game, you still had enough quality to yeah, win the game. Absolutely. Like you look back at the lads that we had in that in that starting eleven, all that squad: Connor Goodger, Jamie Hood, um, Chris Cowley, Ryan Quinn, all these sort of players. Perry and Callum. Yeah. Do you know Alex what I mean? Norton was huge. Alex in that. Norton yeah. was huge. Yeah. What a player! Mitch Thompson. You could go on. Honestly, that side. It was far too good for the level. Far though. too good. Yeah, it was. And what, what we had at the time was, we had all them playing in the same team. Mm. So were you also, you built that squad, um, when you saw it going so well in terms of winning, 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 and you thought we're going to win the league here, were you then thinking we've got to build a team for step five then? Was that in the mind or was that not at all? Because like you said, the team we had, could have played in, could they can all play in step five if not if not step four football? Yeah, was that in the mind as well? Going right, we're probably going to wrap this league up. Do we need to prepare for next year? I, I think you always you always think about preparation and adding one or two where you think you might be lacking. I also because of the manner in which we won the league, think we looked at it and went, we might be all right with yeah. what we've got here in mm, terms yeah. of competing at step five. Um, and I, I would say that that was. The same feeling and sentiment was echoed locally as well. So people are looking and go, they might be all right at the next level. And I take that as a massive learning. Because it's not that we weren't, but even when it's going well for you, Mm -hmm. you have to look in and analyse and go, where can we improve? Where are we taking our eye off the ball? Where might we need to go and get somebody in here? And I think Mm -hmm. the best managers at this level of football are doing that regardless of where they are. Mm-hmm. They're already looking in and going, where can we get better? Yeah. And we probably left step six and entered step five thinking we might be all right. Yeah. And if we had that time again, we'd probably do it ever so slightly differently. Oh, without question. I think we, we were kind of very low to what we had in terms of, and again, we've, we've had this conversation about the strikers that we had at the time. We didn't bring a striker in. We, we went with what we had. We thought there was going to be enough. In was Einstein, it Ross, can you remember? Yeah. So at the time, Mitch Piggin, Mitch Piggin Brady Middleton, Lewis Collins, Joe Obi, Josh Beeson with a five. Um, and you look back and we were thinking, yeah, we've got enough to score a lot of goals. It didn't work out. But in that opportunity of window in pre-season, and this is where I think we got, listen, we, we'll, we'll always get things wrong. We, yeah. Me and Adam have said this. Not bringing Ryan Arkin back into the football oh, club mate, yeah. was massive. 
Yeah. What a season he had in the uh, yeah. in, in step five. Oh, unbelievable. And I'll tell you what, and I'll take me out off to Arcs because at the start of um, when we first came in, wasn't nowhere near the play we should have been. And then he went away, had a few injuries, had a couple of niggles, started finding his feet again, got himself bang fit. But I think and me and Adam have had this conversation on the radio recently. Um, if we'd have had Ryan Arkin in our side, we'd be in the top four. And if not, playing at Wembley the other week, in well, my opinion. I think coming towards the end of the season, you said it to me, Ross, he scored more goals. Scored more goals than us. Than we did as a, a full team. That's correct, mate, yeah. yeah. Um, I think um, he was currently on 37. Um, testament uh, to him, mm. though. Oh, without na- a question. Na- name, the, there's probably, on one hand, you can name the people that can finish as clinically as what he yeah. can. Yeah. So, so just rewinding then, just to finish on the season in step six, let's talk about OJM. Oh, what a day. That game. Yeah. Let's talk about, go on, Ad. So we, we knew that that was the game we had to win, to win the league. And they were fourth or fifth at the yeah. time. Tough yeah. as well. Yeah. Tough yeah. play. So, yeah. um, the, the, the gaffer over there is a good lad as well. Always really nice with us. Um, we we turned up and we said, right, lads, just l- listen, it is what it is. But you could see it on people's faces, couldn't you? Then, yeah. that yeah. if you get yeah, the three yeah, yeah. points um, and you're doing your best to like settle people down and say, this is just another game, all the classic things, um, approach this in this manner. This is how we want to play. Uh, and within about 15 minutes, we were 2-0 down and we're giving a penalty away. And we took a massive following over and you were just yeah. looking around and yeah, you could hear the... In fact, I can remember someone shouting at the time, it's all right, we'll do it on Tuesday. And I thought, <laughs> it's 15 minutes in, we've lost this game. Um, he wouldn't mind us saying, Udi Willie, Simbin. Udi gave a penalty away and got a Simbin. <laughs> yeah. And you're just thinking to yourself, is this going to unravel here? But you know what was crucial in that game? Go on. And this is where, and Adam is absolutely, for me, the best in the league and the league above when it comes to team talks. That team talk that you got that day, was incredible because it literally turned the mindset of a few of them upside down, yeah. i.e. Hoodie. Hoodie was on his arse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Head in his hands thinking, fucking hell, I've, I've let the, the team down here. Yeah, it's fucked up. And then I remember Adam calling him out, obviously in the right way. And then he went out and did what he did. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Yeah. How he's got Simbind and then scored the winner by lobbing the keeper mm. from outside the boxes. It's something Hoodie wouldn't usually do as a no. defender but he does that. he turns up and scores mad goals doesn't he scored the first. yeah that's what I was just about I to ask you Quinny wasn't it no, no, no it was no, Quinny no, no. did score no. Joe, Joe Obi Joe, yes Joe Obi Joe squared the ball to Joe Obi yeah, yeah, yeah. and an unbelievable finish and you yeah. know what that was a turning point and all that was yeah. about 60 minutes yeah. and it was boom boom here we go we built yeah. some momentum off so the back it was Joe Obi Joe Obi Ryan Quinn Quinny and then Hoodie honestly I can't express the emotion that went through. I don't know what it'd have been like for you two, but outside of the box, it was it a set play. It was a corner, wasn't it? Um, I think. Yeah, so. it gone up. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Unless he was having one of his daft moments, is up there. <laughs> <laughs> he got. I think he was up there <laughs> for some there, reason. But the ball's dropped to him. He's lifted it. It felt slow motion, didn't it? Yeah. It was yeah. a centre forwards finish. It was. But that again, I'm, I'm going back to level and caliber of players of what we've got at this football club. That's your centre half doing that. Yeah, Do you know what who's I mean? played? But it's also someone who's played oh, one hundred thousand games at <laughs> yeah. like non-league at all levels. Yeah. He's, but yeah, that that was a luxury. But that, that, that's the leadership of of Jamie Hood. Yeah. And, and again, going back to decisions that we had to make really early on when we brought Jamie in and we changed the captaincy over. That's why we did it because it repaid that 
when it when it needed to yeah, be. And don't forget his best mate as well. Massive part he played. Good oh, Connor. Connor, good yeah. Unbelievable, okay. mate. Look, the, and every man we speak to managers regularly. We spoke to Dean Gill at Darlow, Ari Harris at Warsaw Wood regular last year. People like Conor Goodger shouldn't be anywhere near it, but they are because they're Atherston and yeah. they love Atherston. And that's a luxury that this club's yeah. got. Born and bred, any? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Born yeah. and bred. And it, it had to happen on that game because I think, I, mean, I think Eggy said the other day at presentation, if we hadn't have won that game, we would have won the league on Tuesday that's because correct. I think Stapen all lost. Yeah, that's right. And that would have been, been, it been awful. It would have been a te- Obviously, yeah. it would have been good to win the league, but it's not it the not, way you want to win the, the league way. because. No, win on the Saturday. Yeah. I remember. When that whistle went, I saw the emotion in your face, yeah. Ross, you know, and I'll never forget that. And in terms of the celebrations we had on the pitch, that obviously so a few of the fans come on and celebrated and, and the, the pictures and yeah. just in the dress room after, mm, yeah. I think yeah. smashing Geordie's baskets up. <laughs> yeah. You had to uh, get new ones. You sure, you're firing the lads for that, you know. We just won the league and he went five quid, five uh, quid, five quid for all three of them. And then obviously the coach journey on the way back yeah. and the singing and the whatnot and then obviously out into the town as well. Oh, yeah. oh my God. That's why it's so good. But also, don't forget as well, lads, the cut runs that we had that season as well. FA Vars. Long yeah, e- the Whitchurch game. Long Eaton. Oh, Long Eaton one. Massive. Yeah. Heather away. Lewis Collins, great goal that yeah. was, weren't it? Really, really yeah. good game. Brady scored that last one in extra time, killed it in. Yeah. Remember it? We won yeah, the game. Yeah. But, but that far. was that was big at the, and then obviously the, the next season you have sort of surpassed it, haven't you really? With, with the FA Vars regarding the FA Yeah, Vars. in terms of a cup run, for sure. Yeah. And, and that was our objective. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later on because yeah. we're gonna just go into then the, the the next season in terms of step five, yeah, yeah. obviously finished step six, got promoted, mm. absolutely brilliant for the club. Um, you actually you finished te- we finished tenth, correct? Yes, correct, yeah. mate. Finished yeah. tenth, yeah. seventeen wins, six draws, and fifteen losses. Yeah. So obviously different to Completely. the the other, se- the other season. Yeah. But the first seven games were actually five wins, one draw, and one loss. So in terms of it's actually a strong start to the season. Yeah. Um, were you happy with how that started and were you think, okay, this is a good start to the season and what you expected? You know what D-Rail does? That, honestly, it, Tugger. You yeah. know the injury to Tugger? Mm. And then we just didn't have any consistency with goalkeepers. Mm. Like We brought in low knees or I remember Mitch Piggin going in a game and then we conceded in the 93rd minute. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You toxed to that. You toxed to that. Yeah. Start was good. Start was incredible. We, we played Lie here 1 4 1. First yeah, game of the season. That game, yeah. We, we had like a Like well- at the start of the season FA as well. Yeah, that was the FA Cup. Yeah. We, had a, we had a welcome to the league in terms of shift null away, though. I felt we, yeah. felt oh, we yeah. came away from that and Agreed. went. That's what this yeah. league yeah. is about. That felt like even just turning up and watching them warm up, they look like. Mm. Yeah. Like when we'd gone to play in an Eaton Borough in pre season. Yeah. In terms of the physicality of lads. And, <clears> and I think that's when we looked at it and went the start's been good but actually we've got to knuckle down here mm. and this, this might not be what we were anticipating for it to be which is not too dissimilar to the one before I think mm. and it's alright to say this now when you finish 10th and had 17 wins and 15 losses etc etc but I think there's a big gap yeah. between the levels and there probably is again if you go up to 4 yeah. I think that that felt like that was the first game where it felt like step 5 Mm. I remember turning up. The pitch was immaculate. Mm. They had all. They had a lot of people on the outside. A few of their players progressed on to sign for Newcastle Town. Newcastle Town, Talford, 
they all moved on yeah, to other clubs. They were a good side. Now which? But that's that was the that was the point in which we thought the start's good, but actually we might need to mm. to relook at this. And we'd carried that same side over for the most part, yeah. bar yeah. probably three really good yeah, additions. Three or four additions. Yeah. yeah. But I think like you mentioned, Russ. You thought you were going to do okay with the strikers you had, yeah, yeah. But then, because then, sort of middle of the season, bumpy road, league form wasn't yeah. good enough. Let's have it right. We thought we'd be up there. Yeah. But yeah. Then why? Why would you not? And yeah. and I remember having conversations. At, I can't remember who it was with, but the midway point through the season or towards the end, someone said, "You lot thought you were going to be up there." I think he might have even been caught bantering, mm. but he, he went, "You lot thought you were going to be up there winning the league." Yeah. So you should. Yeah, you like, why, why would you not have that ambition? Yeah. I, I think, speaking personally, we wouldn't want to manage and just do okay. No, it's not what this town's about. This town's a hard-working community. There's no way we're going to go into that mindset and go, yeah, we're all right. We're just we'll be all right, temp. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Our objective, and I'm happy to say it, our objective at the start of the year was to get promoted again and win the FA Vars. Yeah. Always said it, I remember it. Yeah. And, he, and even when we got to that point where it turned into a bumpy road and I don't want to fast forward too far here you always set goals for the lads even when we went out of the Vars it was to finish as high as we can in the league Mm. it was you know the cup um, at the Warsaw ground it was to go Mm. and try and win that there was always something wasn't there we we actually said don't lose another game this season we're really close um, yeah to, to achieving that but then I think any individual and team collective needs that otherwise what they're there for they've mm. got to know what what the why is and what it is that you're going after otherwise they're just turning up mm. yeah. uh, and and they're just playing games so that that was a big part whatever season it was we were entering we tried to create a this is the why you're doing it this is what you're doing it for um because i think that gives people something to attach themselves to and that's why they ended up being as close as they did as a group of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was definitely some partnerships formed in terms of we had the the Leicester lads come over, oh, yeah. huge. Tom Smith, Jay Brown, what guy? Uh, obviously Nathan Astle and Alec Hill, yeah, who yeah. came in as number one. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, um, you had the partnership with uh, Ryan Quinn, Chris mm. Cowley, two unbelievable players, mm. but also brilliant and lovely people yeah, yeah. as well. Mm. Um, and you know Cowley, obviously. Um, we all want a win- team of Chris Cowley's. Well, we sure. do, don't mm. we? Winning the, the awards as well. Yeah. Uh, presentation and it, it, what an engine he's got in that midfield. Yeah. Also losing a couple of players as well, Cookie. I think e- Ewan was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, Ewan, huge. Ewan, Ewan was huge. Rightly yeah. Philly so, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Rightfully so. Oh, he deserves, he deserves all the plaudits. I think he's just re-signed, actually. That's a hell of a, a coup. Yeah, because massive. Because he is someone that can go and go Oh, again. without question. And, and again, that was someone when we brought him in when he was 16 years of age. He was pinnacle in our, in our league winning season. Yeah, he was 16 it, years of game. age. It was Heath Hayes. Heath Hayes away. Oh, my. He, he blocked. Oh, unbelievable. It was a shame. I don't think he ever looked back after that. Yeah, no. it was a shame, obviously, he broke his collarbone twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. twice. And, and you look back, Nate Fastel did as yeah, well. Yeah, he did. Like and Nooney, 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 Nooney with his, yeah. yeah, unreal. But speak these, to the tri- speak to the fizz about that one. <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> day, Marie. You know what that is, though. Honestly, Cookie, the sort of lads that put their bodies on the line, and that's what they, that's what it accumulates yeah, yeah. to, unfortunately. Yeah, massively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. So the FA Vars run. 
how massive was that and how amazing was that experience in terms of the FA Vars run? Because that was something special. And I'll just touch on the teams who we beat. So we Pershaw, Stonehold, Allianz, Stalport, Hartbury, Eccles Hill, United, and then we lost to Newport Pagnall on penalties. But how was that journey through the FA Vars? You set out at the start of the season and it feels an absolute million miles away, doesn't mm-hmm. it? In terms of like that Wembley date and... I think it's eight games in terms Yeah, of progressing in the FA Vars. And then you get like three or four in and we played some decent teams around them, Pershaw in particular. Like obviously everything they've gone on to do this year, they've won loads. Oh and, yeah, and Danny James, unbelievable um, young manager. Yeah. Starport on penalties down here. Every game, there's that vitriol of a fan following that you mm. don't get in a league game. And I think that's natural because the cup always draws more people, doesn't it? And more neutral fans. But every game, the crowd following, the anticipation, the pressure, although it's a privilege, and the feeling amongst the players just gets more heightened and more heightened in a manner in which a league game, unless you're really pushing for the title, doesn't do that for you. Um and the Vars has always been a real key part of Addison's mm. season, hasn't it? And, and it's interesting because I was speaking to, to Dean Gill at Darleston. What a bloke, by the way. Yeah, mm. lovely bloke. Unbelievable. Oh, and, and he says, like, in, in his mind, this season, he was concentrating on the league. And I think for me and Ross, we switched all our attention we to did. the Vars, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, and progressing in that because of that feeling it gives you. So, yeah. I think there was a lot of things in these games as well, Cookie, and I think you all agree with me. Something always happened. Um, so, I mean, I, I might be completely wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, floodlights. Stone. Oh, yeah, God, Flood, yeah. Floodlight. What's it? What, what did they call it? Floodlight Flood, gate. Floodlight gate. So, you play Stone Old Allianz yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, um, Stourport, for me, uh, personally, was the game that are out of all of these, looking at these now on this piece of paper in front of me, that was the one I was most worried about. Yeah, penalties. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously Hartpre come from step six yeah. well drilled yeah good side played inside. the right way yeah. but I just think we just had too much for him on the mm. day Eccles Hill what that was an unbelievable journey yeah. staying good, away stayed up the night right. before again credit to the club stayed up the night before yeah. did everything properly took the lads out for dinner um, had a Krogler burger had a Krogler burger yeah, in yeah. the morning double Krogler um, and then in the morning had breakfast together so like you had the old anticipation of a cup day and it felt like that. Turned up, they were a big, typical of sides up north, isn't it? Big, oh, yeah. well-drilled, yeah. physical, good following. Good following. Um, them kids up in the corner. Yeah, really yeah. good, yeah. Um, and yeah, two, two really good goals and a good performance. And it was at that point that you started thinking, we could probably <clears throat> do this. Yeah. Say it, say what you always said. Why, Why not, not us? us? Yeah. Always. That was the yeah. same, wasn't it? It stuck, mate. Oh, it stuck, for sure. It, it stuck everywhere. Social you know, media. The, the Eccles Hill one, we had this conversation, all of us. It was probably the only team that I didn't fear because of the, the unknown. You know, you know mm. like you're going up there not knowing a great deal about them. Yeah. Obviously, we've seen clips on YouTube yeah. and we had video stuff sent to us. But going there, I didn't fear that game one no. little bit. Mm. No. I didn't. The game that I feared was Pershaw. Because Pershaw were us last year. Yeah. You know, like step six, Don't running fear away in the league. I'll beat you, I'll beat you in my backyard. Don't fear anybody. Yeah. But Good, Paul, well drilled. Yeah. But Pershaw actually was a tough game. It was, it was yeah, 2 tough. 1, weren't it? It was. I think it finished 3 1 in the end. 2 yeah. or 3 1. Yeah. yeah. 
Louis Baker scored. Louis Baker. Right, yeah, scored late, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I remember them still trying to do the things the right way, trying to play. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Fullbacks really high. Yeah. yeah. Never so, kick long, goal kicks, yeah. always playing out. So yeah. yeah, that was the game that I feared the most. The style, the Stalport game here under the lights when we were on pens. Because I feared us on pens, you know, because they had people like oh, we ended up going, and that. We ended up going out on pens, didn't we? So you did. Yeah, you, yeah, you do, yeah. But like mm. Slevin and uh, Aaron Birch and that all taking pens. Yeah, yeah, they've, yeah. They've all missed them. We're thinking, hold on a minute, this is this might be our year, you know. Yeah. Yeah. When that last Sad one. now when you look back on it because you're that close, but um, but you're still. a crossbar away, by the way. Yeah. For crossbar away from being in the semi. Well, that that's it. The Newport game was a, was horrible mm. in yeah. terms of how it, I think it hit us all. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, because we could have beat them. I mean, they they, mm. they had two penalties. They didn't mm. score a goal from open play. No. no, and they were both pens. Credit to them, by the way. You've gone there twice in two seasons and got to the final, won it once, and got to the final again. Yeah. Uh, so unbelievable. I've seen their yeah. managers gone on to to yeah. a, a bigger club. Um, yeah, you know what it, my memory is for that game. And I'm not not. This isn't during the game or anything. <laughs> this was before the game when we all walked into town. Then was walking back. And then the bloke over the road come out to get his milk and his dressing gown. He went, oh, the others. Just, just yeah, out here. Yeah. Oh, what a feeling. Just yeah, out I here. Remember that. Yeah. I tell you, I could, That's how much it means. I'll tell you my memories of the game, Ross, and I don't know if you'll recall on this. <laughs> me getting a bollocking off the geezer. Yes. Because he wouldn't let me warm up uh, Alec in front of the... So if you try and pitch at uh, Newport Pagnell's pitch, the goal... Uh, sorry, the stand is right behind the goal, literally yeah. two what, or three like every yards. <laughs> no, because obviously with ours, there's there's quite a distance, yeah, but yeah. this was on top of yeah, the goal, basically. Yeah. And um, I've started taking out the pe- uh, the pegs to because there's a rope around with all the pegs on it, and the geezer's come up to me and said, "What are you fucking doing?" And I went, "I'm warming up my goalkeeper." And he went, no, you can't fucking do that. And I just remember Alec Hill just telling him to fuck off and just saying, look, mm. listen, we're warming up. This is what we're doing. And he called, he called me all the names under the sun, bless him. But I think that that Newport Pagnell game, looking back on it now, they weren't the strongest team that we played in that run, I don't think. But then, it, but then you say that, but... Two very good centre-forwards... Mm. They, they stay, you stay in the game though I think that tie fluctuated so we started really well and scored they then came into it either side of the half half out mm. and then in the last half an hour we absolutely poured it on mm. so that's why it feels like it's been taken away from you a bit mm. but every team that you play in those later stages of competitions are all good I think yeah. I don't think I don't think you come up against anybody who you should really oh, yeah, agree. batter. Yeah. Agreed. No discredit to the, any of the teams that we played. They're all good teams because they've got that far. But I just think out yeah. of all of them teams that we played, I can't explain it. I just feel yeah. that we. It, were... I will say it didn't feel like when you're not long eaten out because long eaten have gone again, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And and they've step been promoted four. to step four now. That felt like you were playing like Ilkeston back in the day, yeah. and I know. <clears throat> Their manager was there in the past and had one or two lads. So, no, but still, you, you look, they got to the final and we didn't. Yeah. Um, so, however you dress that up, you, you've gone out in the end. Mm. Whether whether you should have won or not, it's ifs and buts and should-haves and could-haves, ain't it? Mm. So, how, how did you, uh, how could you sum up the fans over that vast period? Go on, Rossi. I don't know, I don't know if there's a word for it. I just, I, for me, it was everything that this club's about. And, I, and again, I'm going back to service stations. Oh, 
The smiggy's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Honestly. Mm. But you, we, we, we're having people like go on trains and buy tickets and stay in Newport yeah. Magnum for the weekend. Cancel holidays. Cancel holidays. Jump on minibuses. We had two coach loads. I think mm. we probably took three, four, five hundred fans with us. Yeah. Mm. It's vitriolic in the end, and it's like, and I suppose that this is the benefit of like an Addiston, your big club followings like your Nuneatons and your Worcesters and people like that. You have people that are as mad about local football as people are about professional. Yeah. You've got the same level of passion and following, maybe not in size, but like a Villa or a Birmingham oh, as, without question. but in the local area. And that's why it's, like, pressure's a privilege. That's why it's so hard sometimes. Yeah. And it's also why it's so rewarding at the yeah. same time. Mm. But, and this is a cliche saying, but those fans get you across games. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, they keep, yeah, they keep yeah. players as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, I hope without question. It's like you said at the start, people come and play in front of people. Yeah. But I, re I recall the roar of when Smiggy killed that one in the top corner against Eccles Hill. Yeah. yeah. On the goal. We smothered that back goal, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. And he killed that goal into the top corner. Yeah, yeah. What a player, eh? Oh. Well, he's, he's won the lot this year, hasn't he? Fully deserved. Um, and I mean, Adam had this comment at presentation on Saturday. The hours we put in for that for that lad. <laughs> honestly. Oh, God. But almost divorced. Listen, everybody in this in this league wants Tom Smith and this club wanted Tom Smith for a very long time <laughs> yeah. and we were fortunate enough to bring him to the club. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, you don't want him as a pool player. Can you remember his celebration? Oh, I, I, I had him on it. Imagine playing pool. Look, I can't even explain it. Look like he's got a Benson and Edges in between his two fingers. <laughs> That's <Spot. exciting. laughs> And then when he scored that penultimate goal at Eccles Hill, um, we made him do the celebration, didn't we? Yeah, and it was yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. What unbelievable. about you though, being a six-year-old on the pool table though? Hey, listen, if I'm playing a game, win I'm not losing. Win is winley. Yeah, that's it. That's the way my old man taught me. If, lad, uh, yeah. it, don't, it don't matter how old you are, if you want to play me, put for your context, everybody, For context, everybody, Lee knocked a 11-year-old <laughs> boy off the pool table in a hotel just so the lads could play on it um, and ruin <laughs> yeah. that lad's evening. So there's your... Uh... And his mum and dad were there to support him as well. Bless him. <laughs> yeah, yeah they weren't happy. Got the table didn't know that's all that mattered <laughs> so the last sort of bit we want to touch on is I remember looking back and you said when you got the job that there was unfinished business at Averson Town mm. do you feel you've achieved that unfinished business and you've left the club and you've achieved what you've wanted to do it's a great question by the way yeah it's a good question um, I think we've left it in a better place than what we found it mm which is something we said at the start would be success. So when we said, what does success look like? You have your obvious, get out of the league, good cup runs. And then we said, leave it in a better place than what we found it in terms of infrastructure, the way people talk about the club, the way people feel about the club. So that was number one. Um, do I think it's finished? No. No. Um, and I say that because I think that would be really a naive thing to say. I think it would also sound like we've got ourselves to the dance and we've done everything we could have. And actually, I don't think we have. No, we've not. We've not. Um, so would we come back here one day, given the opportunity? A million percent, yes. So just to move on from that then, what's the plans now, Ad? What now? I know you've got the clubs out. <laughs> Boy, I am taking up golf. <laughs> and I am rubbish. Um, 
yeah, some time off. So I've got a bit more responsibility at work. I need to focus my attention there for a period of time. Um, and I've took up golf. Um, you're going to miss it. That's, I think that's what I want to ask you. Do you think you're going to miss it? So like I said earlier, not this early stage, no. But I think there'll come a point when it kickstarts again. I've got myself on Twitter now. I wasn't on Twitter when we were managing the football club mm. um, just because I, I don't like seeing all the stuff that goes on on there. And, yeah. um, and I get bored of it. So I've got myself back on now. So I think that's me sort of admitting that I still want to be involved mm. in football, but I, I will have some time away and concentrate on some other stuff, try and get half decent at golf and yeah. then maybe come back to it. And And I suppose it's fair to say... If Ross wasn't going, um, we'd probably still be doing it. Mm. Could I could I have carried on in the game in some guys? Yeah, but we've always done it together. And I don't think it's because we can't do it without each other. It's just because it's been so enjoyable. Mm. So it, it feels like that. the right time to just have a bit of a break. And then you've got a massive yeah. opportunity coming up, mate. Talk to us a little bit about yeah. that. How did it come about? Um, whirlwind to be honest so Jody um, was offered a teaching position out there uh, at a British school in Abu Dhabi um, she took the role and it literally just escalated overnight so obviously for all reasons financially career progression a different way of living um, absolutely everything um, I'm going to go out there and coach um, got a couple of offers still sitting on a couple um Obviously, I've spoken openly in this room with you guys, so quite heavy out there, academy footballers. Man City are huge out there. They've offered me a part-time job um, working for their academy. Glasgow Rangers, part-time. Um, and then a full-time position um, for pass, which I've taken um, working for... Um, so pass is a company that delivering specialised sports that go into schools and something that I've done for a very long time. So I'm going to go out there and deliver that in the sun. I just, I'm going to need some factor 50. You are going to need some factor 50, man. 100%. But yeah, I'm really grateful for that opportunity out there. Uh, Working with an ex-pro actually, Titus Bramble, he did my interview. Um, He might be one for your podcast, lads. Yeah, get him (laughs) on there. See what I can do. Pull some strings. conversation. What a journey. Um, So yeah, really looking forward to it. As much as I'm a home bird, see where it takes me. And we'll go from there. Well, I, I think that we all agree that he's going to be thoroughly missed. Absolutely, mate. Thank and you, I, gentlemen. I hope that you, uh, you you push on over there, mate. Don't stay over there too long, because I still think that there is unfinished business oh, over is. here. And I'm but, just, I just want to kind of revisit your question, Cookie, about like what we achieved. I think there was a lot of people when we first came into the club said, you're not going to win anything with two coaches. I think hopefully... We're not just two coaches, we're two managers and we've been able to prove a few people wrong. 100%. Um, with that success that we've created at the club. No, fantastic. We are going to move on to some quick fire questions. Here we go. Here we go. These are the Here good ones. Far away. Yeah. Adam looks scared. You all right, Adam? Let's do it. <laughs> so, best player you've coached or managed, whether that's non-league, whether that's... Uh, uh, youth level. Youth level. Go, Adam. Go first, lads. I'm going to go... Um, Tell I'm us a go, little bit why. I'm well. going to go non-league. I think I was going to go non-league. You know? Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go non-league. Uh, and I'm going to hopefully go ahead of Ross and say Conor Gudger. Ooh, why? Nice. Um, because he's everything that you would want in your team as a manager. 
So when we talk about people going on the pitch to lead, he's a leader. Mm-hmm. Puts his body on the line after multiple operations, by the way. Holds people to account, holds himself to account, does things properly um, and was a massive part of us being successful. Snap. Connor good, yeah. Wow. Without a question. Absolute unbelievable <laughs> human being. Well, I, I think that that... <laughs> It could go on our next question well, as well. Yeah, because we were going to ask the best player at Aveston. But best player at Aveston in our time. In your yeah. time, yeah. Well, there's different. Different, isn't there? Who different, isn't there? Different reasons for players being brilliant. One that stands out to you. One that stands out to me. I'm happy to answer this question. Chris Cowley. Yeah. Yeah. For, for what he does for you. And I'll also, from a that initial period of time coming in as well to talk about if you're talking about technically gifted players mm. people like noughts as well mm. yeah oh yeah sorry yeah unbelievable I mean, we we unfortunately we didn't get the best out of alex alex was a phenomenal phenomenal player yeah. and i remember the season where Ivor was in charge and he scored like 50 odd goals here and every club was coming in for him um unfortunately we didn't get the best out of alex but no i'm with you technically like turn a game oh, on yeah, it yeah, what yeah. about that 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 covid pre-season where he just turned up and he had a full six-pack didn't he absolutely <laughs> unbelievable and he, yeah, he but then he the week looked... later he's been down the batch van and, a <laughs> and he's rolling around he's telling us he's pulled his hamstring again yeah but what, what a player, a player. Oh, in terms of like a wand of a right foot set piece both feet pass it like oh my god yeah mm. that's what I mean oh you've got like god. players that yeah. are the best because of what they did for you and then you've got players who were technically yeah incredible yeah yeah. I know we said earlier on in the podcast, Cookie, we said about um, Cowley, we all would want 11 Chris Cowleys. Yeah. We, that's a running joke with us, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was free. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, if I was to throw my hat in, Chris Cowley. Okay. Favourite memory in football? Wow. Doesn't have to be with Adders. It is. Yeah, okay. it's more. It is. Um, would you say that FA Vars run was a favourite memory, even though it didn't end the way we wanted it to? Would you say that was a not a, some say favourite, no, but not for me, a nice memory. I think winning Good it, memories. winning Good winning memories. the league, and lifting the trophy down here is mine, yeah. and that supersedes the way you won it at OJM yeah. because that's when it felt like. I remember, like first of all. Dean brought in beers into our changing room. Yeah, did. They did as a guard of honour. Yeah, like, and that felt unbelievable. Yeah. And you've got people stood next to you who respect what you've done and they pushed us all the way. Yeah. And when we lifted the trophy, Gudge and Hoodie lifted the trophy and I remember looking at all the fans and everything go up in the air and I turned to you and give you a cuddle and that's when we felt like we'd done it. Yeah. It didn't feel like we'd done it yeah. up until then. Even winning it at OJM, until you had it in your hands and you lifted it and you saw everyone's celebration. So that's mine. Rossi? It's got to be the same again, hasn't it? It's like, what, what beats that? Mm. Okay. Oh, 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 the OJM one is up there. We spoke about it like that, just getting us across the line that day. Mm. But then to bring it back to this club and be able to celebrate it in front of, I think there was 700 here that day. Yeah. Of our own family that all came here. Yeah. Our children. Yeah. Fans, relatives, everything here. To be in this bottom right-hand corner near the clubhouse where we're speaking now, to just like yeah, you've got, you've got that forever, ain't you? Yeah, mm. gives you goosebumps actually. It does. That's because it's cold in here, mate. <laughs> it's Nick, Nick, not got the uh, the electric on again. <laughs> Keep saying he can't put any more on the budget. 
So I think we're probably going to know the answer to this one, but best signing. Want me to go? Yeah, you go first. Oh, I was hesitant there, you know. For pure ability and winning games on a head, Tom Smith. I knew he was going to say it. I knew it. And I'm going to go different to him. Ooh. I'm going to say, because he kick-started our era properly as managers, Chris Cowley. True. Super, yeah, you know true. what? He, he, there's loads yeah, of that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go again. We're missing again. Spiggy wasn't involved in the cup winning, uh, the league winning side. But there is, there's loads. What about you? And you can say you. Ewan and Williams. Yeah. Jamie Hood, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Jamie Hood's dropped from the Neaton Boys to come and play for mm. you. Mm. Ryan Quinn. Been Ryan Quinn. A long, what a servant time. for the club. Mm. Yeah, he'd be naming all day, would be boring. There'd be loads. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go a little bit off topic then. Favourite takeaway? Krogler batch. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna have to make a restaurant. Come on, lad. Favourite takeaway? Something with salad in it. <laughs> no. Salmon on croup. Kale and fish. <laughs> fish and a rice cake. No, I like, a, I like an Indian takeaway. So I like Simla on the A5, proper cuisine. India yeah. red in an eaten proper of cuisine. Plenty of cash. Yeah. <laughs> Rossi? Uh, I'm going to go proper camp hill, <laughs> chip shop, fish and chips for Mackies. Nothing oh, wrong yeah. with yeah, that. Shout, shout out to Aki. Shout out to Aki if you're listening, yeah. by the way. Aki's Aki's decent. Decent. Aki. Aki's He's the man. Yeah. But no, fish and chips for me. Love that, mate. Going back into a bit more football, probably, but idle growing up. Might not mm. be, actually, because I know Adam, you like boxing. I do like boxing. Mom was mom was Ricky Atten because <laughs> I'm not telling that story. Mom was mom was Ricky What's Atten. Doing, Tell the story. Mom was Ricky Atten. Met him how many times? I met him twice. Oh, I've seen them pictures. <laughs> Remember them pictures? Yeah. I met Ricky Atten because he took fans everywhere, anywhere, and that's what got me into boxing. Okay. So Ricky Atten. And yes, I did meet him twice. And yes, on the second time, I did say, remember me. <laughs> did you? Did he know you? Well, well he, went, you the he, went, he was full of, tro- was full of <laughs> tropical VK. That's why he said that. <laughs> I went, remember me, Ricky? And he went, yeah, of course. <laughs> Obviously not. Okay. Ross, I'm going to come to you first on this one, because I know that you're very good with your stats. First ever live football match you went to? Coventry City versus okay. Blackburn. The year after Blackburn won the league in 1996, Jesus. Coventry City beat them 5-1 at Ironfield Road. Phenomenal game. Not Played bad. with an orange ball. It was Would you say you were a Cov fan, Ross, or not? I was a Cov fan growing up because my dad was a Cov fan. Um, but you know what? I actually don't support a team. No, no. Weird. It's, it's really weird. Like I'd go and watch Cov when mm. I was younger. We then moved on to Leicester, so we used to get free tickets. We'd go and watch Leicester. You'd go and watch the Neaton Borough because it's your local club. Mm. Ad? First live game? Uh, Coventry City versus Derby County at Highfield Road. And I remember it because it was a streaker and it was our uncle who took us to it. And it was... I thought you were going to say it was your uncle. And I, rem- I remember who uh, Gary McAllister scored an absolute yeah. worldie. I yeah. remember it. Can't remember when it was. No. Last one then, Cookster. Yeah. Right. Oh, we don't want to make it finishing, lads. We've got some more, surely. No. Enjoy no. this. What no. we're going on is pick your best five-a-side team. Non-league or professional. Let's see. Uh, let's keep players, it non-league. Yeah, let's go non-league. Players you've managed. Yeah, yeah. Against. Best five-a-side team. Players you've managed. Tell you what, that's tough, you know. Mm. All right. I'll go first then. Go on. Five-a-side. You, you're having a goalkeeper, Ad. 
<laughs> is this pure, purely non-league who we've coached or managed here, or yeah. just in, 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 in terms of what we've had non-league? I think, I, I think coached. Be yeah. yeah, be too long otherwise. Well, I, I think I've got mine. I want to say in goal, Carl O'Neill, Tugger, okay, um, leader, and in five aside as well. No one's going to be losing the man because he'd be on top of you. You yeah. see everything. You yeah. can see it when there's eleven out there. Yeah, including himself. And he's telling them, by the way, shouting yeah. at them. Yeah. So mm. Tugger and goal. Um, what formation had you going for it? What in a five side? Yeah. <laughs> a box. Oh. Two two one. We won in goal. <laughs> two at the back. Just to let you know that was two six. Up front. <laughs> <laughs> can, I sub, can I have a sub guy? Um, in defence, I would have Connor Goodger. Yeah. No shock there. And I would have, in a five-a-side team, this is, Nathan Astle. Nice. Ooh, bit of bite. Bosh. Well, and actually, they can play. Oh, he oh, can yeah. as well. So there's no yeah. editing and kicking it on five-a-side. So Nathan Astle and Conor Goodyear. Shout out to Eggy there. Yeah, um, Eggy's close, by the way. Warrior. Yeah. By the way, can I just me- mention Eggy? So, and we wasn't aware well, on Saturday. I'm a five-a-side team here. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> because it's just an opportunity. Eggy actually retired, you know, this week from football. I did see yeah. his And he, yeah. he didn't mention it to us on presentation night. Really? So just a big shout out to Eggy. Absolutely. What an absolute unbelievable servant he has been for this club. Yeah. I think he's on 250 appearances or whatever it was. Yeah. What a man, what a warrior. And one of the reasons why we brought him back to the club. Fit as a fiddle Eggie, all the time. Beast. Enjoy your retirement, mate. Yeah. Looking yeah. after your lad. Well, the egg, Eggy can't play. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why I've not picked him in this team. Gudge and Nathan Astle. And then I would say Tom Smith. Absolutely. Who's your, who's your, who's your big man? My last one. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw in a bit of a wild card. Go on. No striker. I'm going to have Ryan Quinn. <sighs> yeah. Because I feel like that team's got a bit of everything. Bit of everything. Yeah. And Quinny and uh, Smiggy, top goal scorers for us, weren't they? So yeah. There they you are. Were. That's my team. Love that. So let's just, let's just go through it once more. Carl O'Neill, Nathan Astill, Connor Goodyear. Tom Smith. Tom Smith. Ryan Quinn. Ryan Quinn. That's a one hell of a team. That is a five. Oh, lovely. Got to try and beat that then, Rossi. I'm going to go for a free scoring team because I think whatever Tugger, by the way, Tugger's going to be my number one. He could say he's going to be my goalkeeper. What he doesn't save, we will outscore. So I'm going to play a Ooh. box formation. Okay. I'm going to play Ryan Quinn on the right-hand side, Chris Cowley on the left-hand side. I'm going to play... Tom Smith in front with Alex Norton one ahead of that Ooh. and just go all out you're just going bounce, for bounce, it bounce. no defensive Ooh. duties just go and win games to be fair I'll tell, I'll tell no. you what I expected to hear Cookie. could have put noughts in that in a five aside that is, that is poor I'll for me I'll tell you what I expected to hear Danny Harris unbelievable five Danny, aside oh, player unbelievable Danny player. Harris five aside unbelievable yeah. at five aside yeah. when we used to train you could not get the ball off yeah. it and also up at the Astro as well. I've upset myself there. Big he put Kev. me under pressure. Big Kev as well. <laughs> get round Big Kev. Get round him. Just Balancing try and get him. it off him. That's enough him. Alex Norton has to be in your Yeah, he does, side. mate. He does. Clinical, he does, mate. mate. Well, well look, you've looked at the roles we play as joint managers there. <laughs> I'll shout stuff and say stuff. And Ross thinks about what the team looks like. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, no, lovely. I think we should try and get those teams together and to fight out as well. That'd be interesting. Look forward to the uh, Ross Innes and Adam Davis annual five-a-side tournament because <laughs> it's coming on the back of this podcast sponsored by the non-league treatment room. Yes. Oh, massive. No, that's it. No, thank you very much, boys. 
appreciate it. Been uh, been top class, and all the best in your future. And I'm sure I'm sure the band will be back together at some point, and my phone will be will be ready to take Little the call. Fair. I'm sore as well. Can I have a rub cookie before we finish? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll nip over to the change room. Yeah, no problem. Cheers, pal. And that's a wrap. Yeah, Cheers, lads. Down. Fellas. Sports Social Podcast Network.